Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Five Sports Podcast. Carly Nemes and Darren Zaslow with you as always. We really have a treat for you um, in episode 16. I wish it was under a little better circumstance. You'll understand why um, in just a few minutes. However, um, for episode 15, we were joined by Glenville State Guard, John Williams, who gave us the awesome news that he's coming back to Gilmer County for his senior season. Darren, I feel like we went on John Williams' roller coaster of a college hoops career with him, um, and that all led him to Glen Vegas. Uh, it, it was just great for him to kind of shed the layers uh, with us on our pod. And it all led to ISO John, not ISO Joe, Joe Johnson from the Hawks. ISO John broke some news. I'm not even sure that we've had anyone break that kind of news before on our podcast, which was really special and cool for us that he felt comfortable to tell you and I his decision. Great guy, though. Really bright future. And whatever level he ends up playing at or decides to play at, he's going to be successful just because of his past um, and his present determination as well. He seems like a great guy, and we wish him the best. Definitely. And another guy who is definitely going to be successful because of probably some of the things that you just mentioned um, joins us for episode 16 of the podcast. For episode 16 of the Five Sports Podcast, we are joined by WVU men's soccer head coach Dan Stratford, who had to come to terms with the news of his team not making the NCAA tournament this week, despite a 6-3-1 record, wins over two tournament field teams. Coach, you've had a couple of days to swallow this news. Just what are your thoughts on missing this abridged version, by the way? It's a 36-team field um, this year. Yeah, still quite honestly, incredibly disappointed um, with, with the outcome from from Monday. Uh, obviously, had some time to try and understand it, and and uh, while there were many teams that, that were worthy, I think we were just as as worthy of making the tournament. And I think when you look at our body of work, in particular those those two wins you you mentioned with Charlotte and Marshall, um, we certainly felt like uh, we were deserving. Um, you know, there are other teams. Uh, who, who again may well be worthy as well, but with very similar records or even identical records, um, but perhaps not quite the signature wins that, that we have had over over two tournament teams and a top ten team in in Marshall that we felt would get us over the line. So um, I, I don't have any uh, issue with with those teams or the others that were the, whose name were called. Um, just the more the fact of, of again. I'm still failing to perhaps completely understand why their name was called and, and not ours. Um, you know, I know the committee had a different, a different year to, to work through here with less non-conference games, uh, less conference crossover than perhaps normal. And I think that impacted how they valued RPI. Um, but if you just look at common opponents, uh, I think from, from our perspective, you know, I, I would challenge how um, you can take with respect to a team like Charlotte, and not us, when we had identical records, um, we obviously went there and won 3-0. We had one common opponent in, in Marshall, which, which we beat and, and they lost to. Um, so again, I want to be clear, this is not me being critical of Charlotte or saying that Charlotte are deserving of being in the national tournament. But um, if someone could explain to me why their name was called and not ours, um, I'd be definitely very interested to hear what that rationale was. So. I think that's the frustration here is that the team have, have done incredibly well over a shortened season, as you said, and, and even with the, 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 the shortened 36 man tournament, um, we deserve to be there. Um, and, and, and again, we, we're still, we're still uh, working through that and um, are very, very, very disappointed that that wasn't the outcome on the day. 
Coach, another elephant in the room is the way that this last game went down this past Sunday against SIU Edwardsville. Um, a last place team in this conference, unable to play due to roster and injury thresholds. Your reaction when they when you heard that they couldn't play, and do you feel like that that was a, a catalyst for maybe why you guys didn't make it? I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I think if we win the game on Sunday to go to seven three and one um to if you like cement ourselves as second in the in the conference outright um it, it's going to be hard for someone to convince me that that might not have played a fixture if if again i go back to the charlotte example if if you look at charlotte's record and if there's simply a level of a level of oversight which is to say okay who have we left out here's west virginia at seven three and one with a better record let's look into this a bit more thoroughly and then to realize that there was actually a head to head with Charlotte as well. I can't say that that might not have happened. Um, so there was no way, shape or form that it helped us. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, especially given that, you know, I've, I've now come to learn that the committee placed less emphasis on RPI um, and, and with respect to SIUE at that point in the season, it wasn't a great RPI game for us. Uh, as the bottom team in the conference and the, the lowest RPI ranked team in our conference at the time. So, again, I want to be clear that this is not a gripe at SIUE in the sense that um, they necessarily did anything wrong or anything that's not within the letter of the law. I think the issue is exactly that. There may need to be some reform on a team's ability to forfeit a game without any repercussions or any penalties. Um, and I've now since come to learn that that wasn't the only team that have maybe found themselves in a situation like that and, and, and other teams where you could challenge, um, you know, whether they did it to their to their benefit as opposed to with um, the most sincerity and integrity to the game and to the competition that we've, um, you know, took part in this this fall. So, excuse me, this spring. But um, again, we, we're feeling a little hard done by for the last five or six days. It was a pretty rough finish to the season for us there um, and again if if we lose games and, and, and we're beaten and fair and square and, and, and are unworthy as a result of that of making the tournament I'll be the first to, to, to reflect honestly about where this team is at and, and, and when we're well beaten I'll, I'll shake the opponent's hand and I'll tell them well done and I'll tell our players what we need to do to improve um, and I just don't feel like I'm in a position where I can truly say that to our guys and I think that was the message to them yesterday was to say, listen, we have we have won twice as many games as we have lost. We are ranked 10 in the RPI. I can guarantee to you to, to this group that should we go back to a normal fall and a full schedule of games, if if we have won twice as many games as we as we have lost this fall and we are 10th in the RPI, not only are we making the national tournament, but we're a seeded team. So um we'll do what we can to use this to fuel us and to play with a bit more of an edge and a chip on our shoulder perhaps next season. Uh, and I hope that the outcome at that point is, is, um, is that we're deserving to be an at large um, just as we feel we were this, this semester. I mean, I dare the committee to back down to your speech of, of that right there and, and the accent and say, no, you shouldn't have made it. You know, <laughs> I, I think that they've, mm, I think you're right, Coach. The England effect, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, you alluded to it. So, so let's um, operate under the pretense that, you know, you probably should have made the NCAA tournament. You're 6-3-1. and one. You started the season at 2-0. and oh. Just what was the key to getting this group? You're a first-year head coach. You have your spring ball canceled last year. Barely any fall. 
and and still having a successful season of overcoming all of those elements and still putting the product that you did on the field. I mean, keeping things in perspective, obviously, um, it's an absolute privilege um, to be in the position I am and, and, and the players should feel that way as well in terms of the opportunity they have to be a student athlete here at West Virginia. And I think continuing to remind them of that perspective of the challenges that we saw with the pandemic um, across not just the country, but across the entire world with um, the economy, the actual illness and disease itself um, and, and the virus you know, running havoc to be in a position where they were still here at the institution, uh, they were still being very well cared for and looked after um, with not just our staff, but the entire support staff, academic staff, um, and, and still provided an opportunity to, to compete at a high level, albeit only in a training environment. Um, we're still something that they should be very appreciative of and, and grateful for that potential and that opportunity um, because not every team um, at the Division One level had the capacity to do that. Obviously, coming from my background at a Division Two institution at University of Charleston and, and knowing that conference, I know that a lot of those teams didn't have that potential and that opportunity, for example, to get tested every week and to monitor the, the virus the way we have. Um, so I think that that all led to when we came to this spring and, and we're on the verge of, of competition um, the excitement uh, and the, the the prospect of actually finally playing in games and, and, and even if you like fully embracing and really appreciating what the opportunity was for this spring as well. Um, but yeah, we made it quite known that there was a lot of unknowns through this process and, and a relatively new team and, and new coach that was coming together here. Um, and that's probably where I'm most proud of the group is, is how many steps we feel like we've now made in a shortened season to get that cohesion, get a really nice group dynamic where we feel like the guys really get along with one another and, and support one another and are very much invested in, um, in the program and, and, and the, the, if you like, the ambition for this program, which is obviously to make a national tournament, to, but to go steps further than that and, and to rival what the women have done, quite honestly, is as more than just a national championship um, or national tournament team, but a team that rivals for national championships. Coach, your tweet had all of us running through a wall. Leave no doubt. And those words mean a lot in this program uh, at WVU from Bill Stewart with the football team. What does the direction of your program look like for next year? How do you leave no doubt? And maybe just what you learned from year one. I imagine probably a lot at the helm. I think the, the probably the biggest lesson was was that the margins are much finer uh, at this level with respect to what we achieved at Charleston. Um, you know, the, the level of competition uh, consistently, perhaps not quite um, what we've experienced this year, where every game is a challenge. Every game that you win, you, you absolutely have to earn. Um, there are no easy games in this conference and in, in the competition that we faced this this spring. But to an extent, I expected that and, and welcomed that because I wanted that challenge as a, as a relatively young head coach myself when I when I took the job here at WVU. That was probably the biggest lesson that the, the margins are very fine. Um, I was only talking earlier about, you know, even at six, three and one, the optimist in me could look at this and go, we could have easily been 10 and 0 this year. Um, but then on the same time, maybe another season, you're five and five. So, um, you know, I think, I think from that aspect of things, we have to continue to improve the depth and the quality of the squad. I would say we're as excited about the recruiting class that, that joins us in the fall of 21 as we were for the recruiting class that we've just had come in in, in the previous fall. Um, so we're going to take some pretty big strides in terms of quality of depth. We were definitely the walking wounded here at the end of the season and, and a little bit lighter on numbers than we would like. 
I, I think we're going to have the ability to have, have accounted for that with this next recruiting class. Uh, and just as I alluded to, I am really, really pleased and satisfied with the group dynamic. Um, obviously, when you bring in more players and there's change, uh, that can disrupt that group as well. So it's important that the new players um, do everything they can to integrate into the group. And, and more importantly, our returning players now um, are as uh, welcoming, inviting and as inclusive as possible for our new players and understanding that the depth and the quality of depth that we perceive our group to have going into this fall is, is something that they welcome and they embrace the challenge and quality of competition that we're going to have within this group. You brought a lot of international flavor just in your first year um, as a head coach, bringing a lot of different guys from Europe. But you also brought some local flavor, which I thought um, a lot of people enjoyed with Fairmont native Ike Swiger. And he got to show his skills on display in that win against Marshall. I think that was that was the best game of the year, in my opinion. Um, he went on to score four goals. Just what did his addition do for your team this year? Well, the, the funny thing with Ike is uh, I was coaching Ike when he was, I think, 11 or 12 years old when uh, I just finished my playing career here at WVU. Um, I did some coaching on the side with a, a local club and, and lo and behold, um, Ike and Elijah were both on that team. Um, so I was aware of him then. Uh, I was obviously aware when he, you know, ended up at Bowling Green and not at WVU uh, when he first went to college. Uh, and then funnily enough, um, he spent the, the summer of 2019 in Charleston, West Virginia, with the USL2 team that's there in the summer. Um, and that was my assistant coach that ran that team. So I kept a close eye on him then as well. So um, I've known of Ike's qualities and Ike's, Ike's abilities for, for quite some time. Um, I have to give credit where it's due. I, I, I technically inherited Ike and, and Elijah. They were, they were here um, just before I was, probably three weeks before. So they transferred in, in the spring of, of 2020. Um, so again, I was well aware of them and, and there's a his, their history there between, between the three of us technically. Um, but, but Ike's had a great season with us. And, and obviously I think he's a, he's a, he's a player that judges himself on productivity and judges himself on goals. Uh, and it was really nice for him to get the monkey off his back and, and what better game than, uh, you know, the local, the local rival and local derby with, with Marshall for him to do that, especially as, as you said, as a West Virginia native himself, but, um, between him, Elijah, Sam Morgan, Jojo Biafora, having some local players, having players from the state of West Virginia that really understand, um, you know, what it means to represent this university and the, if you like, the enormity of that. Um, I want that to transcend to other players and to the international players who, with respect to them, don't have a clue what this all means and, until they're really fully in it and, and embrace it. And, and some of them probably don't even reflect and, and realize it what an opportunity this is until they graduate and until they're out of the pro program and, and, and far removed to reflect and go, wow, what an amazing four years. And, and as someone that went through that myself, I, I can speak to that as well as an international that came over here, didn't know a ton about West Virginia, didn't really know what it was all about. And you kind of get thrown in and, and, and figure it out as you go along. But the affinity I developed for WVU and, and to the state over my four year period has only continued to grow and prolong. And, and like I said, that's why it feels like an absolute honor and privilege to be in the position I am now as, as the head coach of this program. My last thing, coach, just how much has this program changed since you were a player? You set the record for the number of games, career in a single season. If anyone knows this program and is right for this job, it's you. Just how much has it changed since, you know, you were wearing the jersey and getting up on the field? Well, the jersey then was made of cotton. Um, that was probably the probably one of the biggest changes. I don't know that the guys fully appreciate just how well um, they are cared for uh, in terms of the resources 
the, the funding and financial support that has gone into the athletic department uh, as a whole, um, but then specifically to, to men's soccer as well. We're incredibly fortunate and I'm incredibly grateful that, that we have the support of the athletic department and, and have the capacity, quite honestly, to operate, uh, in my opinion, um, at a top 10, top 15 level. Now I hope that we can bring in the players and develop a product on the field that reflects um, the support that we have from the rest of the athletic department uh, in terms of its resources. But uh, we joke with them all the time when they go to the nutrition center and, and they come up here. Um, you know, I didn't know what a yogurt was when I played in college. Those are some of the running jokes that we have with the guys when they're coming in with, with, with their, their meals and uh, protein bars and, and so on and so forth. Um, this, this is probably the funniest thing I can tell you because I just met with one of the players today uh, and asked him, is there anything we can do to um, you know, better the product and, and continue to improve the, the experience for our student athletes? Uh, and he asked if we could, when we order Jimmy John sandwiches, if we could have no tomatoes. So that, that's, that's where it's got to. Um, that's where it's got to. I would have really appreciated a dry fit shirt for training or um, you know, something like that. These guys are asking for no tomatoes on the sandwiches. So um, again, I don't mind the providing that and we don't mind accommodating that. And, and I want to create the most professional environment that we can, as long as that is then reciprocated in there. Firstly, their appreciation for what they do have um, and their work ethic and, and ambition uh, to, to also act like a pro. If we're gonna treat them as such, my expectations is that they deliver a product and, and conduct themselves in a professional manner as well. Uh, I believe we have that with, that, with this group. Uh, and, and that's why I think we had the quality of season that we did. Uh, and that's why I'm in, in, incredibly optimistic for the future of the program. How dare you put tomatoes on their sandwich, Dan? How did, how did you not know that before they came here? I mean, <laughs> um, that leads me to my last question. How did they convince a kid from London, England to initially come to West Virginia? Not only come, but then you stayed here and you made it your home and, and you found a home in the mountain state. Yeah, I, I scratched my head about that. Um, often as well I live right on the suburbs of London it's it's nine minutes on a train for me to get the city centre and, and look at Buckingham Palace for example and, and the Tower of London so um, it, it's it's a it's an odd story that you know you would settle as as um, as part of the West Virginia community I think it's quite honestly a compliment to the people that are here um, and to how welcoming people were when I first came to the university and, and since um, yeah, this, this is my home now. Uh, I hope my mum and dad don't watch this, but uh, you know, this has now become where I've spent my entire adult life. Uh, I came here in, in 2004 as a freshman and, and it's now been nearly 17 years, which one just shows you how quickly it goes. It's a pretty scary thought that it's been that long, but, but of that time, I've only not been here for, for two, maybe three years tops in terms of living in the state of West Virginia. So between obviously my time in Charleston and certainly a significant amount of time here in Morgantown, um, West Virginia is, is absolutely home and, and it was a pleasure to come back. And I look forward to, uh, to deepening my roots here in, in, uh, in this great state. Coach, we're going to get you on your way here in just a second. We end every five sports podcast with a quick high five, five rapid fire questions. And we'll get you on your way. Question number one from me. I just want to know what the best part about living in England is. I've never been there. And I'm sure a lot of our viewers never have either. Fish and chips. <laughs> nice. Sure. I was going to ask which food you miss the most from London. I guess that's the answer. Yeah. Or bacon sandwiches, real bacon, not the rashes that you have here. These peculiar things that, that you, the sorry excuse you have for bacon in this country is, <laughs> is the, only, the only gripe I can have. 
That's funny. If you weren't coaching, what would you be doing? Teaching, most likely. That's a cop-out that answer. That's the same thing. That was my undergrad and master's. That was my, I, I did. I taught at Morgantown Learning Academy. I've, I've taught pre-K through eighth grade um, here in Morgantown. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, in the, it's in the blood. That's what my, my, my dad was a teacher and a, and, a, and a coach his whole life. And, and I followed in his footsteps. What a favorite memory from playing professional soccer? You played in the MLS, you played overseas, you, you, you've done it all. Uh, probably here in, in, in the MLS and at DC United, obviously with it being my, my first professional contract and, and first breaking through from um, my experience here at, at WVU, that, that, that period of time, um, obviously when I was playing and contributing to, to the team at, at DC was, was probably the most enjoyable part of my professional career. Mm -hmm. that so another question, if you weren't playing soccer, was there any other sport that would have been involved <laughs> Cricket. I was, I was pretty handy at, uh, at cricket. It's like, uh, it's baseball, but with respect to baseball, far more exciting. I might upset a few people by saying that, but uh, yeah, I, I, used to, I used to play cricket in the, in the summer months uh, in between the seasons of, of uh, when soccer wasn't, wasn't taking place. Last question, coach. You're an England turned West Virginia guy. Your favorite part about the mountain state, you got a lot to choose from. You got country roads, you got the mountains. What's it for you? I mean, Mountaineer athletics, right? I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> as, big a fan as, as big a fan as any, anyone. I will tune into every football game. Um, if the schedule allows, uh, the best example I can give you when I did have a brief time outside of, outside of the U S and outside of West Virginia, I was living up in Scotland playing professionally. I had an ESPN subscription, uh, so I'd stay up till 2 a.m. watching uh, Bob Huggins and watching the basketball team in, in, in the spring. So, uh, you know, I'm a diehard Mountaineer Athletics fan. Uh, and, and like I said, very lucky to, to be able to contribute to, to that brand and to this, this department and specifically this program. Coach, and they're lucky to have you too. We really appreciate the time. And we wish we were covering you in the NCAA tournament, but things don't always go as planned. And hopefully next year, fingers crossed, to the committee, you will be there and it will be. Absolutely. Will be Hopefully we won't have to cross any fingers and, and, and we can dictate our fate throughout the, the course of the regular season. So thanks for having me guys. Thank you for joining us for episode 16 of the five sports podcast with WVU men's soccer head coach, Dan Stratford. The Mountaineers will be in the NCAA tournament next season if Coach has anything to say about it. Of course, you can watch our episode on our website, WDTV.com, or listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.